delivering all the news, the informed views, and just telling great motorsport stories since 2003. Powered by the Racetalk.com. This is on the grid. G'day everyone and welcome to On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or on the Radio Show Limited's RS1. Thank you for joining us. Another big week on the show and we'll hear from 2021 Supercars champion Shane Van Gisbergen as well as fellow drivers Will Brown, Chas Mostert and Scott Pye. Also interviews with Will Davison and Lee Holdsworth ahead of the first round of racing this weekend. And Richard Crowell and Mark Walker give their thoughts on the entire supercar field. But first, the news, and as we said, round one of the 2022 supercar season kicks off this weekend with night racing at Sydney Motorsport Park. A man who won his first supercar race at SMP, Will Brown, telling Fox Sports his Erebus team is looking forward to a strong start this year. Yeah, I think probably starting the season uh, strong is a big thing um, for the team. It probably just builds on last year and we roll out, and uh, and if we can do a good job, I, th- I think we'll just keep going from there, which is probably a bit of an advantage starting at Sydney, obviously, uh, like Anton said, we're, we're all going to Sydney and Newcastle anyway. So, uh, you know, I think it'll just be that progression from the start. But it's, it's probably a little bit disappointing not getting Newcastle as the first one. It's just such an awesome event. I remember it racing there my first year in Super 2. So, um, you know, but uh, having it later in the year will, will still be cool. But looking forward to just building on what we had at the end of last year. Uh, the team did a fantastic job, you know, to get uh, leave Sydney's and, and show that pace again at Bathurst with provisional pole. Uh, was fantastic. We'll get those doors on weight and uh, make sure we don't drop back. So, yeah. 2021 champion Shane Van Gisbergen reflected on a near-perfect year last season for the Red Bull Ampole Racing Team. Yeah, well, I guess that's what you always work on, to be no mistakes and always be consistent. But, yeah, we made a couple as a team and then one as myself as well, which, you know, that hurts. And you just got to try and eliminate those and score as many points as you can every race. There's been a few changes in the garage over at Triple Eight and Van Gisbergen telling Fox Sports they have a few things to get used to. Yeah, a lot of changes, but, um, you know, the car's the same. The biggest thing for me was new engineer with Andrew Edwards joining us and just learning each other. We've been putting a lot of work in at the workshop, but once we got to the track and, you know, trying to work out what each other likes and the, the phrases we use, terminology and stuff, and how big each word means, I guess, and how much he needs to change things, it, it takes a while to work out, so... Lucky we're in a good place. We've got good setups to for most of the tracks that we're starting the season at, so it should be easier to settle in. And how will his relationship with new boy Brock Feeney be? Is the champ going to mentor the up-and-comer? Uh, well, I'll be open with everything, you know, if we're all setups, data, or anything he asks, asks me, I'll be happy to answer it. But, um, you know, you've got to find your own way, and he's in, this, in the top team because he's good enough, you know. So he'll be. Um, it'll be a tough ask, jumping straight into the... Top end of the field, I'm sure people will make it tough for him, but he's, he's good enough to be up there. Meanwhile, Bathurst champion Chas Mostert has told Fox Sports SMP isn't his team's favourite track and they have a bit of work on their hands to get things right for this weekend. Yeah, I'm 50-50 with the mindset heading to SMP. I mean, we spent a lot of weekends there last year and a lot of character building trying to chase the car. We definitely made it better from the, the first race there to four and then obviously that led us into where we ended up with the car at Bathurst. So, um, yeah, look, it's... I'm a bit sceptical to see how we go, but, you know, if we can just get the, the first few races out under our belt there, um, get some good points and keep trying to build that momentum, this sport is all momentum built. So, um, you know, obviously, great to win the great race, but now we've got to think about this year. Um, but, yeah, look, third year for the, with the team now. Yeah. Um, you know, first year, we achieved some things, podiums last year, achieved some race wins, and obviously to, to get the Peter Brock trophy is pretty special. So we're hoping for bigger and better things, but... Um, 
yeah, we just got to really step up to the game. Obviously, getting Nick on board is a big part of that for the team. Yep. We're going to really lean on each other quite hard and push each other further forward. Although he is happy to have an experienced driver like Nick Perkett as his teammates. But, um, you know, Nick's experience, he's been in the main game as long as I have. You know, you've seen him win races. You've seen him be absolutely blistering quick out there at times. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to, to looking through his data, um, ask him a lot of questions. No doubt he's going to do the same to me. And then um, we just want to push each other further forward. So at the end of the day, we both have so much respect for the team that we race for. Um, you know, obviously we both want to win over each other, but at the end of the day, it's most important for the team to, to, to get the, the race win. So um, that's what we want to push forward and make sure week in, week out, all these different types of tracks we go to that we can be contenders for a race win. And, you know, SMP showed last year that we're still not quite quite there. We're putting it all together. So, um, like I said, 50-50 for me, the mindset going to this first round, it was our toughest round rounds last year. So um, it's exciting to go back there, see what we learned in the break. Um, but trying to keep the expectation low for just that one event. Meanwhile, a Team 18 elite sponsor change has seen Scotty Pye's team rebranded to the Seiko 5 racing team. Pye says he's looking forward to his third year with Team 18. It's crazy to think I'm already entering the third season with this team. It's, uh, it's gone so fast. I'm, I'm really enjoying working with everyone and the, the progress we've made I think is crazy. You know, our first season was, was fantastic. Second season was a bit tougher, but we've had some, some good upgrades on the car and Charlie's really investing in this team. So I'm excited about our future together. I think it's, uh, it's looking bright and I think this year is going to be uh, our best yet. Now more on this later, but it is news and Scott McLaughlin has claimed his first clean sweep of an IndyCar weekend, taking pole position and a race win in the, race of the, in the first race of the season at St. Petersburg. Also, Matt Brabham took the win in the Indy Lights race. And if you're looking for a ticket for race day at the Australian Grand Prix, Forget it. Tickets are totally sold out. Great news for the organisers. Okay, let's get straight into the show. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world. On the grid. With thanks to our great sponsor, Doric, Tom Archuli caught up with Will Davison for a chat prior to round one. 2022 Supercar Championship is ready to go. And joining me today is none other than Will Davison. Hello, Willie. Hey, Tommy. How are you, Matt? Yes, yes, very good, thank you. Um, weathered weathered the, the floods up here in Queensland. It's been a pretty interesting weekend, but, uh, yeah, no, we're, we're all good and looking forward to getting down to Sydney. Looking forward yeah. to getting this season underway. So you guys are obviously up there now. Um, is there any risk that you might not be able to make the race this weekend? No, I mean, I can't speak for Brisbane-based. I think they've copped it pretty hard up there. But, um, I mean, Yatla, where the, the DJR workshop is, is, is currently, uh, yeah, in a pretty full-on state. There's no access to the workshop today. Um, but fortunately, the, the truck's packed, um, you know, at the end of last week. We're organised uh, on the road and all good. So, um, yeah, I'll be, I'll be at the airport tomorrow and... Um, yeah, on the way down. I think we've seen the worst of it now. It's just the, yeah, the, the rivers that have burst and the high tides at the moment that's created some some crazy conditions and floods. Really, really sad for all the really badly affected areas, the low-lying areas. It's it's really horrible to, to see what's unfolded. So you're the driver of car number 17, and this year is your 17th full-time year in supercars. How are you feeling heading into 2022, my friend? Uh, I'm feeling feeling really good. Um, yeah, certainly not feeling, um, you know, like it's been 17 full-time seasons. Um, you know, still have the hunger and the determination of my first. So uh, those same 
pre-season nerves um, and the build-up, um, the you know the the tension and and the pressure you you put on yourself to to do well. Um, so no, it's an exciting time of the year. I, I always love uh, this time of the year. You know, you you manage a bit of recovery at the end of a season, and you go into a bit of analysis. Um, as to where you can improve yourself and, and be better. And it never ends. It's the same journey. And, um, you know, we've, we've prepared well for the season, um, as I do every year. But, you know, I've put a, you know, a huge amount of work in the last partic particular four to six weeks, um, just getting myself fit and ready um, and, yeah, feeling focused and hoping, you know, I can be the best version of myself again, like you always do, you know, um, just try and be a better version than you were the year before. And that's all you can focus on. So, um, yeah, it all, all stops. As they say, the flag, when the flag drops, the, the, the BS stops and the talking is irrelevant. And, um, you know, you've got to get the results done on the track. So in the supercars off season, what your training schedule like? Take the take people into into the journey of a, a supercars driver in the off season. Like, do you train every day? How do you train? Because you've got to, you know, detune from last season and then get ready for this season. So how do you prepare for a new season, fitness wise? Yeah, well, I mean, each each and everyone has their own unique, um, you know, program. There's no real specific program that um, is required for a supercar. You know, it's quite a unique conditioning. Um, so naturally some people do more than others and, um, you know, whether that be for the pure physical element or the mental element, you know, getting yourself feeling fit and feeling strong is a good way to make yourself feel good and, and feel, you know, um, you know, rock solid and feel unbeatable and can take on anything, whatever way you want to put it. So, um, there's a recovery element for sure. And that's more mental and physical, um, after, particularly many long years in the sport and a long season in general, you can be burnt out pretty easy. So it's important to keep a little bit of conditioning over the, the Christmas period, if you like. Um, but for me, I, I like to sort of just get rid of any structure for a good month. Um, that's not to say I don't like doing exercise every day, but it's just not getting up at a five o'clock alarm or having a very specific regimented program. Um, because for, for me, it's, it's a long year, 10 months of the season where, you do set yourself very strict structure and be very disciplined. And I think that's an important part of your preparation is to, to have accountability and, and discipline. But I, I, I had a good break this year. I actually needed a good month, if not a little bit more of just not, you know, not getting back to that set routine, um, you know, in mid-January when I normally do. I, I sort of sort of strung it out a few weeks longer just to really recharge my batteries. And, and come that sort of end of January, it was... It was go time. I felt like I pulled the trigger, um, and it's it's like a switch. And um, from from that moment on, really, the last four five weeks um, has just been hard back into it with um, with my training, which I shift year to year. Um, some years I've done heaps of triathlons and really focused on my cardiovascular fitness. Other years I focus on a bit of conditioning for just niggles and, and injuries and, and and aches and pains. So. Um, it's always a balance, you know, lots of lots of running, swimming, riding. I've got a big triathlon coming up in two weeks. So it gives you a bit of a carrot to, to something extra to train for as well to make sure your cardio fitness is right up there. But, yeah, I'm in the gym a couple of days a week as well, really focusing on all those, um, you know, key little, little muscle groups that you work in a supercar over a two-hour race distance around your core and your back and your hamstrings and your glutes. 
um, little boring exercises that, you know, after many years in the sport, you try and just stay on top of just to um, hopefully extend my, my time in, in, in the sport a little bit. So this year you get some continuity with your engineer, Rich, for two years in a row. Um, what's the one thing you're looking to improve on from last year, this year? Um, there's not one particular thing. It's just, um, you know, continuing what we were doing. Uh, we now have a, a year's worth of uh, information. So, you know, we, we know, you know, your strengths and weaknesses. You can look back at every event and see what you did good, see what you did bad. And, and hopefully, you know, if you, you, you analyse hard enough, um, you start finding trends of, right, when were we good and uh, when did we go wrong? And, um, and you just try and maybe eliminate um, a couple of your, your worst days and make sure you try and maximise your best days. And um, really at the end of the day, yeah, we want to make sure our best days are just that little bit better and, and our worst days are a little bit, um, you know, less, you know, less. But I think we had a good season. We had a consistent season. Um, so, of course, yeah, there's, there's no magic. It's just a tiny bit of everything, um, whether that be in a car setup and the way we the way we understand each other. Um, so we've already had a month now, instead of this time last year, we had all our pre-season build up and we didn't really have any info on the board. So it was all all a bit of an unknown as to what I'd need and you know what, what direction we'd go with the car. Now we, you know, we have all that info to look at. And sometimes too much information is a bad thing, but um, yeah, it's just trying to make sense of that. So um, of course for myself, uh, you know, I'm always trying to improve myself. So there's no magic there when you're operating at, you know, the top end of town, um, you know, and I, I know personally where I want to be a bit better this year. Um, and I'm sort of keeping that to myself, really, to be honest. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a hard sport, but I love it. And, um, yeah, I'm certainly, certainly hungry to just improve a couple little areas in my, my own game. Um, and then, of course, as a team, just make sure we, we keep doing what we're doing and, and working together. And um, yeah, continuity is certainly, um, continuity is certainly one, probably one of our factors that we've got to use as a strength this year. So this weekend, Sydney on Sport Park, you did four rounds there to finish the season last year. Uh, one, are you sick of the joint? Two, uh, can you take anything from last year into this weekend's race? Yeah, of course. I mean, going into the first event at somewhere that we yeah, we all had so much mileage last year is uh, yeah, I think I think uh, I think a good thing. I mean, for me personally, it wasn't wasn't the best four weeks. But having said that, it was still a strong four weeks. We we still have incredibly fast cars there. Um, you know, I was on the front row on quite a few occasions, had a few podiums, really was leading a race comfortably. We had an issue. I mean, when you look at it as a whole, it was very rare. I was out of the top five there. So um, obviously Anton was incredibly dominant there. Um, but as a team, it's an exciting place to go to start the year. We know we have the potential to get off on the right foot. Um, yes, I want to be better than I was there at the end of last year. And we've had the opportunity to really have a good, long, hard look at, you know, what we did at the end of last year and why we were good on some weekends and we, few things we tried weren't so good. So certainly we've had a lot to look at, work on. And uh, no, I just look at it as an opportunity to go back to a circuit that I know is not one of my best. Um, and it's another opportunity to try and 
figure that out. So, um, but I still know, yeah, we're still strong there. At the end of the day, uh, we just still start the year with a good haul of points. And that's what we're going to be focused on doing. Leave the emotion of last year out of it. It's a clean sheet of paper now. Um, it's a whole new season. And I think it's a, yeah, it's a great spot for us to, to kickstart the series. And uh, me personally, I'll, I'll just try and, yeah, we'll try and nail what we couldn't quite nail last year. We were close on a few occasions, but um, it's just another opportunity. Well, mate, wish you the best. It's a great year for us as we will sponsor you all the way through your 30s into your 40th year. What a journey we've been on, mate. So let's get some this year, eh? Yeah, yeah, the big, big 40th this year. So still a while away. So um, still 39. I'm going to run with that for a while. But uh, no, no, feeling, feeling fitter than ever, feeling more focused than ever. And honestly, think, uh, you know, I can, you know, have the best year of my career this year. So can't wait. Talk's cheap, but uh, let's go. Let's get on with it. All right, mate. See you soon. Good on you. Thanks. Thanks, guys. There's more great motorsport stories coming next on The Grid. Oh, Krause, there's a new driver on the block. Sort of, in a way. <laughs> Might have been around the block once or twice before. His name is Lee Holdsworth. Of course, he's with Pedrite Racing. And he's back in a full-time seat uh, in V8 Supercars. He joins us for a chat. Lee, congratulations, mate. Uh, you're only a few days away from restarting that career. <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. It's um, it's obviously awesome to be back full-time uh, with Penrite Racing. Um, having a year off was... Uh, Although it felt it was, you know, it was agony watching from the sidelines. In the end, I'm pretty happy how it panned out. So, um, and uh, and and to be back uh, with a, a Bathurst win under my belt, and now now back full time, um, feeling pretty good about it all. Can't wait to get it underway this weekend at SMP. Does it feel like a fresh start, Lee? Does it feel like you know that that first day you rolled out with GRM or your first time you rolled into WAU? Is it like a, a bit of a reset? Um, it, for me, it's a completely different feeling to any other time in my career where, um, you know, I've been in it for a long time now and uh, I guess it's completely different to what it was the last few years going into each year um, and, and completely different to what it was at the very start of my my uh, my supercars career as well because at the start, you know, you're so young and excited and inexperienced and um, but then as time goes on, you know, you go through different teams and um, it all becomes, I don't want to say repetitive, but um, more of a job, I guess, over time. Mm. And, uh, and now having a year off, I certainly, uh, I never took it for granted, but um, probably sit back and, and reflect on it and think how bloody lucky you are to be a supercar driver and to be, uh, you know, getting paid to do something that you, that you absolutely love. And, uh, and, and I guess I've, I'm re-energized. Um, you know, I had a fantastic end to 2021. Um, I didn't have a great start or, you know, probably 10 months of 2021, but it all came together and just amazing how much it's turned around for me. Um, so I'm, I'm re-energized. I'm excited. Um, you know, a little bit like a kid at a candy store again, ready to go. So I'm halfway in between where I was at the start of my career now and uh, and and where I was at the end of 2020. Lee, you mentioned the word repetitive before, and, and you're right, that's probably not the right word to use, but there's definitely part of what you guys do is very much leaning towards process. you got to do this, you got to yeah. do this, you got to get hit every, tick every box. 
to make sure you get it right. Has that been the biggest thing for you in the last month or two since you've come back is just getting back into that process and relearning that process? Um, I think because I've been doing that process for so long, it's sort of second nature now. I okay. don't have to think about it. It's a bit like jumping back on the bike. You know, you, you learn uh, very quickly what you need to do and adapt very quickly as well. And I, I guess being in so many different teams over the years, it, um, it, it, it makes you more adaptable um, to different cars and different situations, different, uh, different environments. Um, you know, every team is so different in its own way um, that, yeah, you, 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 know you, you know you're surrounded, uh, you're in a completely different environment. And, um, and even the cars, you know, themselves, when you jump from one car to another, they just feel so foreign when you first jump in it. Um, it was the same jumping into Chaz's car last year at the very start. Um, but, you know, I only had one race in that car last year and, um, and, and come Bathurst um, after a few laps, I felt right at home. Um, so, uh, you know, I've, I'm hoping the same will happen at Penrite Racing. Um, they've been really welcoming great crew uh there's there's so much going on at the moment and you know couchy's uh couchy's making a big difference um the groves are are, uh, are great leaders as well um so i'm excited about the way it's heading and uh and i think that you know it's sort of uh, i'm hoping it's going to be my home um for a while and um but yeah i'm just going to lap it up this year i'm really just going to enjoy it and uh, it, it's a it's a different mindset to what I've had the last few years, where um, you know you're racing for your career. Now I'm I'm racing to enjoy my career and and finish on my own terms. Yeah, that's an awesome approach. Really, really yeah. cool to hear. Uh, you, you mentioned the Groves. This is the first year that we really see the full weight of their impact as supercar team owners, and they've been pretty quick in making moves. You mentioned Couchy coming down from triple eight they've also grabbed Stephen robinson who has been working with porsche carrera cup but he was at triple eight before that vastly experienced technical guy leadership guy so they're they're clearly making big moves how is it all gelled behind the scenes you've had a test day at winton how's it all flowed initially coming to grips with this this new format for what was kelly racing yeah the the groves are certainly making a statement first off you know coming out and getting um, Couchy and now Steve Robinson, having a designated uh, guy on the Gen 3 car is something that a lot of teams wouldn't have. Mm. So it shows they're serious about the future and they're committed to the future, um, which is reassuring for me and Dave and the rest of the team that, you know, all the effort that, that we put in this year is, is going to pay off in the long run. Um, the, you know, the, I think the team's been amazing in um, in welcoming the new people into the team, myself and Couchy. And um, yeah, Couchy's been brilliant. Like I, I'm very impressed with him. Um, he's great to work with. Great guy. I've known him for a, a lot of years, but I've never had the privilege of working side by side with him. So um, trying to make the most of that, and um, uh, and everyone you know, has a massive amount of respect for him and, and also for the, uh, you know, team, new team owners in the Groves. Um, yeah, and, and that'll go a long way to pushing the team forward and making sure um, everyone's on the same wavelength, 
you know, there's a bit of a culture shift going on, always is with new owners and it's all positive. So it's, it's looking good for the future, I reckon. I don't want to talk down the efforts of anyone that was already in the team, but you mentioned yeah. Couchy, but when you work with someone like that, do you sit back and then go, oh, that's why T8's been so good for so long? Because it, it's it's such a people-driven sport. Do, does working with people like Dave, do you sit back and go, oh, I, I reckon this is why Triple Eight's been such a good team for such a long time, or at least a part of that success? Yeah, for sure. And, and I, I agree. Like the guys in our team um, are very, very good. Mm. Uh, they're, they're very smart guys. There's great mechanics, um, great commercial team. You know, everyone is well and truly capable of, um, of being, you know, the best out there. Um, but, but having, you know, we all see, I think you can see it from the outside looking in how disciplined Triple Eight are, um, how, uh, what their, their approach is, is different to others and, um, and they've been very successful in what they do. Uh, you can see the change, um, the shift that, uh, that DJR had with Penske coming in and I think they've held on to that you know they learned from that and they've they've uh, adopted that culture and it's still there um, what I see with Couchy coming in is is lifting you know I think he, he'll he brings discipline and um, and that's what I think makes a good race team um, and I think you know having an approach where uh, and a culture where nothing but winning or podiums is is good enough, um, but then still, you know, enjoying it at that level as well is is where Triple Eight are at. And I think Couchy, um, that's that's his biggest asset is is bringing in that culture shift and um, and that that level of professionalism that uh, you know we we all strive to get to. A read of uh, Scotty McLaughlin's sort of post-race blog today on Speed Cafe where he, one of the lines really got to me where he said that uh, everyone was saying to him last year when he was finishing 10th or 15th, mate, it's going really well. Everything's going great. That's fantastic. And he said for him, that just wasn't it. He's a racer. He wants to win, needs to be up the front. Is that going to be you this year? If you're hanging around 10th or 15th and people are saying, hey, look, it's your first year back. That's all right. Things are cool. New team, all that sort of, that's not going to sit with you, is it? Um, no, it, it's not. I don't think, I think if anyone's in the sport being happy with running anywhere but up the front winning races, I think um, probably not in it for the right reason. So, uh, you know, we all say we want to win. Um, all teams say they want to win, but it's about uh, whether you're willing to put in the, you know, the, the effort behind the scenes to actually make that happen. And it, and it comes from everyone, you know, like Scotty, Scotty's in the best team in IndyCar at the moment. Um, so, of course, you know, nothing's good enough but a win for those guys. So, um, Scotty knew he had to, you know, work on himself. He was very fresh last year and doing a fantastic job. And that, that effort on the weekend was just incredible. So, really happy for him. But, um, you know, you've got to be realistic about uh, where you're at. And, and at the moment, um, you know, where, where the Groves or where, where Penrite Racing has come from, from 2021 to 2022, we can't expect that we're going to roll out and be winning straight away. You know, these things take time. And, um, and we realise that, that, you know, there's still a lot of improvements to be made um, 
and uh, and that yeah that that could happen over a year. It could happen over two years. Um, we're hoping that we surprise ourselves and come out and um, and perform you know in the first first few rounds. But like I said, you got to be realistic. But um, you know, Dave and I, we certainly want to win, um, and that'll be our aim. But uh, but we'll have realistic ex- expectations. Last one for me, mate. We really appreciate you joining us, and we know you're a busy man with season launch uh, Tuesday night tonight as we talk, and then a bunch of media commitments, I'm sure, heading into the weekend. But give us your take on Sydney Motorsport Park, and uh, with all the rain that's been going on over there in Sydney Town, the Grove cars were very, very good in the wet last year. So, a bit of precipitation <laughs> might not be a terrible thing for you this weekend, mate. We 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 could come out leading the championship <laughs> after this round if it's wet. <laughs> Um, given the the speed they had last year, you know, yeah. Yildon was Yildon was good in the wet last yeah. year. Um, plus, Andre uh, Andre at the bend. Andre, yep. yeah, I think he, I, I could be wrong. I think he had a pole, didn't he? He um, got, got a win, mate. He got a win. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's a bit daunting what we're seeing coming towards us with the weather, and and none of us want to race in the wet. But look, if it comes down to it, we're all in the in the same, uh, don't want to say boat, boat. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to have to use a boat. Um, but yeah, we're, we're all facing the same challenges and it's, uh, you know, you just have to enjoy it and try and get the most out of it. And I think, um, uh, you know, you'd rather a good car in the dry than, a, than in yeah. the wet, but if our car's good in the wet, we'll take it and, uh, and get the best results we can. But, um, yeah, it's it's uh, for me. I think I'm probably more excited than most of the field because they all went there four times last year, and exactly. I only did a I only did a couple of laps around there last year. So um, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm not worn out by SMP just yet. So looking forward to it and um, just having a good red hot crack and enjoying getting back into full time racing again. All right, mate. I think the uh, lemon chicken and spring rolls is ready for dinner. <laughs> dinner up there in Sydney. Enjoy it. Enjoy the <laughs> Thanks, weekend. Guys. Enjoy enjoy the comeback, mate. And uh, just make sure you take some time just to stand back and actually feel it and feel what it's all about. Don't just sort of just yes. get so involved. Sure will. I sure will. No, this will be a year where I uh, yeah, take it all in and um, realise that, you know, I'm, I'm towards the end of my, a lot closer to the end of my career than the start and um, just appreciate having another crack at it. Go on, you mate. All the best, and uh, we'll be talking to you again down the track. Thanks, guys. Lee Holdsworth joining us here on The Grid. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world. On The Grid. Great chat there with Lee Holdsworth. Joining us now for his regular chat here on The Grid is Mark Walker. Hello, Mark. Tony Shebeki. We, we're seeing a lot of each other at the moment here. <laughs> we did a bit of sand down together on the weekend. Had a lovely weekend together. It was beautiful. Didn't it look good, Victorian State Circuit Racing Championship? I watched a lot of the coverage on Blendline TV, and congratulations to Dan and his team for a yep. very, very good broadcast. Um, very, very competent stuff on television, and we all know my feelings on competency. <laughs> um, thoroughly enjoyed it, and some pretty chaotic racing, but some very good racing as well across all the categories. I watched the HQ race on Sunday. That was an absolute belter. Yeah, I was Horrific. surprised by that because, uh, you know, they've become a lot more aware of what their cars are worth these days and how hard it is to get parts for them. But the racing was absolutely cracker because, you know, back in the day, they used to bang into each other. It was all good fun and games. But that racing on the weekend, it was nice and clean from the hatch keys. 
there's a bit of a shame with the Formula Fords and the Hyundai XLs. They were sort of the two uh, best subscribed classes, but they also had the most carnage out of anything, which was a mm. bit of a shame for those guys. But yeah, uh, race one for Formula Ford was totally canned because they didn't get enough laps in. Yep. But too many under soup, uh, safety car. But Sunday was better. They were, they were better on Sunday. Yeah, when, when they were racing, they were mega. Like that, yeah. was, uh, that final was really race, good. the last three or four laps, Mark, was just, yeah, pretty hot. Yeah, it was yeah. terrifying. I made sure I stood well away from the fence of that. Classic, so, Formula, <laughs> classic Formula Ford, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now, it was, uh, I think they had over 300 cars registered yeah. for the entire weekend. I know Formula Ford had 36. And you know what? It, so. just, it just felt normal. It was back to normality. It did, like, didn't it? No one cared. It was just... We're going racing, boys. Let's go. It was just chicken burger it, for lunch, couple of dim sims. It just felt like <laughs> it we were back things. to pre-pandemic times. Like outside of getting a wristband when you walked into the place, there was mm. nothing That's else true, yeah. change. Yeah. Mm. That's good. Hey, uh, boys, there was also another pretty special uh, thing on the weekend. Well, it wasn't the weekend. It was Monday morning. Our mm. time wasn't, and that was so. Well, actually, it was the weekend. It started with Scotty's poll, but then the win on Monday morning, just absolutely amazing. Uh, uh, we were texting each other on our little WhatsApp group. And I seriously, I couldn't stop crying for 10 minutes. I just, I was just full of emotion for him. It was just beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's pretty special Shebex. And I think the fact that the three of us and, and everyone that for the most part, that works in motorsport here, we've been on the journey since he rolled yeah. into super two development series as it was with SBR as a, really chubby face 16 year old kid from New Zealand that was very quietly spoken in that Fujitsu car uh, with Stone Brothers Racing and we saw the evolution through that we saw the the mighty title fight Super 2 that's still famous in 2012 it's mm. a decade ago boys can you believe yeah, that I don't know. <laughs> um, and then I, I will remember the 2014 Adelaide 500 until the day oh. I die with the Jandal um, but that that and, race, the crowd, I've never felt yeah, an atmosphere yeah. better than that at a racetrack. Just just extraordinary. And then the DJR era. So, and even the the rough moments, the the 2017 Newcastle finale, which is one of the more dramatic things I've ever seen live at a racetrack. But I think to the fact that we've experienced all of that with Scotty and got to know him, and we've we've worked with him in a professional sense. We've We've been out to the pub afterwards with Scotty, uh, you know, Sunday nights in Townsville. So we all know him. We've all been on the journey. We know what he's made of. It, I think we're all, we all feel attached to the progress, I think, yeah. and the journey and the story more so than it would be for um, any other drivers perhaps that are in that series. And to, But to achieve what he's achieved, that was awesome. And he smoked them, absolutely smoked them. Pole position by three tenths top practice earlier and then was driving away from Colton Herter in the early stages of that race and then held off the champion in the closing stages. So just comprehensive performance that that has changed people's expectations of where uh, Scotty Mack sits in the, the global motor racing landscape, I think. The thing I think about when I think of Scotty, and it's a bit of a buzzword that gets wheeled around when you're trying to sell a person to a brand, but it's authenticity. He's yeah. an authentic yeah. cat, isn't he? Yeah. You know, I sort of came into his orbit a bit, I guess, seven or eight years ago when I was on the circuit full-time doing PR for other people who weren't Scott McLaughlin and, you know, you'd trip over each other at events and whatnot. But ever since then, whenever he'd walk past you in the pits, it'd be a, g'day, Mark, how you going? Exactly. Like, he doesn't yeah. owe it to anyone to be nice, but no. he's just a nice person. Like, and I suppose that just makes people gravitate towards him. Mm. I don't think there'd be a Holden fan that would begrudge what he's doing over there at the moment, surely. I mean, no, you, not at all. you look no. on it all, you know, you feel for Fabian Coulthard because 
Fabian Coulthard's a good driver, but mm. he got smacked by Scotty McLaughlin. Now he's over there smacking the best drivers in the world in the most competitive open wheel series in the world and getting it done. I tell you what I don't do though, Richard and Tony, is stressful finishes. <laughs> and when yeah. that lap traffic was wobbling around there oh. with five laps to go, good grief, I had conniptions. And then I had a thorough meltdown when that checkered flag waved. That was so cool. And to have Lee Diffie calling it too. That's yep. uh, another friend of the show over there to be a part of that whole circus. So that's pretty cool. Hey, you know what? It, and I, I sort of, I totally agree with you. I was having, is it conniptions? Whatever conniptions. Yeah, I was having those also in the last couple <laughs> of laps. Whatever they are, you're having them. Whatever they are, exactly. I think I was having them. It was a quarter past six in the morning. <laughs> I know. But the uh, it, it sort of worked in a way to Scotty's advantage, didn't it? Because it was sort of like they were behind a safety car. It, yeah, it was just, but the, it was the, yeah, you don't no, want it. I, no, you don't want it. And I think no, no, I know. The um, yeah, that the rule, IndyCar rules are that if you're not a full lap down from the whole field, you don't have to get out of the way. They don't have the F1 style blue flag rule, um, which is rough. And Will Power spoke out about it quite quite humorously after the race in the press conference, which I recommend you watch if you can find it online. It, it's a very very good press, and not just Scotty's bit. Um, yeah, so it's a challenge, and like in any racing car, it's hard to pass when, especially when you're in a field that's so tightly packed. And sure, it's Jimmy Johnson or Devlin De Francesco, but they're only a second a lap slower than the leaders around St. Pete, so they're not that far off the pace. It's not like they're wobbling around three seconds a lap slower. So yeah, it just it just threw another variable. But again, he managed it so well, and and any time it looked like Polo was going to make a move, McLaughlin was there. Yeah. He, he'd saved an extra lap of fuel compared to Polo, so he could go a bit harder. He had pushed a pass up his sleeve because he'd led so much of the race. He had that extra overtake that he needed in case he needed it to defend. So, yeah, just it was such a professionally managed drive at the end. So, yeah, very, very well done. But to wrap it all up for him was going full Scott McLaughlin, falling out of the car at the end <laughs> yeah. and oh. sitting on the exhaust. <laughs> yeah. That was fantastic. Brand his bum. Yep. And, and then the first tweet on his Monday morning was sore head. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very Correct. dusty. I'm sure he would have been. Yeah. I, 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 there were a couple of good tweets. Like, I wonder how many chicken nuggets you can fit in the St. Petersburg trophy <laughs> um, based on that championship celebration a while back. But yeah, what a, what a cool story. It was cool to see, um, Roger Penske, the, one of the first people there to congratulate him, yes. FaceTime with his mum and dad, which was cool, and, and nice to see that they'll be over at the Indy 500 in May, which is great. So, How's Roger Penske's form? Mm. Like, this bike's only ever raced for our supercars, which have absolutely nothing in common with an Indy car. He's never done open wheelers, never done any sort of mm. open wheelers or high downforce, you know, sports cars or something that you could say corresponds to an Indy car. You know, the obvious thing you'd do would be, if you're Roger Penske, you can jam him in a NASCAR because it's a big, heavy stock car sort of thing. No, no, he's got him put him in Indy cars and he's picked another winner. Roger yep. Penske likes winners and he's absolutely done it again. Yeah. Yep. There's a bit of Tim Sindrick in that as well, yep. I reckon, as well, for sure. He's, he plays such a big role and, and he was probably even closely, more closely embedded with Ryan Story and DJR than, than RP was. So, but yeah, you're right. It just gets it right it, every time. It comes out of the fact if a bloke can drive, he can drive. Put him in anything, he'll drive it eventually. Oh, yeah, clearly. And that's exactly yeah. where Scott's at. But, Actually, yeah. the, the, Roger Penske meeting Scotty as he was coming back into that winner's lane reminded me of the, the end of a Melbourne Cup where the, owner, the owner meets yeah. the horse and takes it back on the bridle. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was really cute. It was, it was lovely. 
my, my one fear from this is that IndyCar is going to come and yawn call our good drivers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want Van Gisbergen in one. I think that'll be amazing. Oh, wouldn't it? Hey, the other thing we should mention also, because a couple of hours after that, we had a, uh, an Indy car, an Indy lights win as well with um, Matty Braddon. And unfortunately, Hunter McElroy, who's a guy we've been following a bit, had a bit of an issue, but T looked pretty good as well. Yeah, the, the warm-up act was, was the Indy Lights race, and Indy Lights looks really strong this year. Um, unfortunately, yeah, Hunter was was doing a really nice job out in front of that race, but but ended up fencing it, which was a shame. But I, I think, like Scotty, Hunter probably showed everyone what he was capable of, whacked the thing on pole, leading comfortably, little error, but and a, and a costly one, but but he emphasised how fast he's going to be. And there to pick up the pieces was Matty Brabs, who hasn't raced Indy Lights since 2015, I think, from memory, and jumped back into the car and after driving jumpy trucks for a couple of seasons, talk about driving something ridiculous, Yeah, uh, and did a really professional job, as we'd expect from young Matt. So, yeah, really impressive stuff. So pretty good day from yeah, for the Antipodeans in, in St. Petersburg, wasn't it? Yep, and mm. let's hope that's the last time they race in Russia. Oh, oh, don't start stop it. Oh, sorry. Just the level of intelligence of people <laughs> on social media. Oh, I can't believe they're letting this race happen. How dare they? Boycott, boycott, IndyCar. Oh, it's oh, for God's sakes, people. Oh, anyway. Uh, anyway. Hey, uh, what we want to do today is go through the field of supercar drivers, basically just to uh, give us your thoughts on how you think they may perform, not just at Sydney, but in the year ahead. Well, the best way to do it and the fairest way to do it just go by number order. So we'll kick it off with Mobile One NGI Racing Driver Nick Percat, the number two car. It's a big year for this team. I think no more Royal Rebuilding, no more. Uh, we're still getting back to where we used to be. They've signed Nick Percat. They've got two A-grade level drivers. They won Bathurst last year. Chaz was at the front for a majority of the season last year. This is a big season. It's a really big season. Um, I expect Nick to win races this year. Will he be a championship contender? Possibly not, but I think there'll be race wins for car two, and this will be another evolution in what we've seen from Nick over the last couple of years in really impressive performances from BJR, which is probably not a car you'd expect to win every weekend. Now he's in a car that probably should, certainly more so than a BJR car. Time to shine for, for both Percat and for WAU, but there's no reason why they shouldn't. So this is the last year of this regulation set. And the most recent comparative year we've got is 2012, when only two teams won all of the races between Triple Eight and FPR, or their Tickford now. What's going to happen this year? Are, are teams going to roll over and concentrate on next year? Or are teams like Walkinshaw or maybe Erebus going to step up, go, hey, this is our chance, because you've got these big teams in Shell V Power Racing and Red Bull Ampole Racing, who'll be concentrating a lot on the development of the Gen 3 stuff. How much is that going to take away from them? But then you look at Triple Eight. The last time they were developing the ZB with the V6 Turbo power plant that never came to life, they still won the championship that year, which is a massive effort. Yeah, good good teams, teams can manage it. Good teams are good mm. teams. So it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. Obviously, mm. Walkinshaw and Dreddy United, they've got some momentum on the board. You're only as good as your last race, and they absolutely smoked the last race. Uh, we'll see what Nick Perkett's made of, because obviously Chaz is an A-grade driver, but Nick's never really had that chance to shine in a car of his own. And, you know, for that team, what, how are they going to respond? Because they're going to have two A-grade drivers. Last year, last couple of years, it's been clear that they've had an A and a B. Now they've got to sort of split their time and thought and money across two different cars. How's that going to pan out? So it'll be interesting. I mean, 
he's got runs on the board. He can clearly drive well, but uh, you know you don't expect it to be straight off the bat. You'd probably give him a few races grace just to get bettered in, but he'll get there. Can you keep your answers to thirty seconds, please? Mm. All right, otherwise we'll be here all night. God. I'm glad you mentioned Nick Perkett at the end, too. I don't know, I don't know where you were going at the start. Oh, we'll just get out of the way first. Oh, fair enough. Uh, cool drive auto parts, Tim Slade, number three. Yeah, I, I think very real chance that we'll be in the top three Mustangs of the season, I think, based Ooh. on last year. If they can replicate that consistency that they had in the second half of the year, they're, they're, the biggest handicap for this team is being on – a single boom will help them from a pit lane point of view in that they won't have to stack with anyone, but at the same time, they're at the, the dog's end of pit lane. So that may cost them on some of the tighter tracks, straight circuits, probably not massively, but on your short laps, when your last car out of pit lane in qualifying may mm. cost them. And, and quality was somewhere where that team will, will need to work on this year. But I would suggest that I, I think the top three Fords will be waters, Deeper squarely Slade this year, in not necessarily in that order. I think podiums will be a thing for Blanchard Racing if they can continue that consistency they had last year and be willing to roll the dice with the strategy like they did. A lot of consistency there over the off-season. You mentioned the pit boom. They'll get a straight shot in. That's the good thing there. But the bummer thing is, even if they're right at the head of the field when they go into the pits, they'll be tangled up with everyone trying to still yeah. get past them, which is where they have dramas. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And you're right, they'll only get one lap in qualifying. There's, it's an absolute pot shot if you go out very early and try and sneak an extra lap in there before the field, because inevitably you'll get tripped up over someone. I just wonder how their year would have been different last year, how they've had a better finish to Bathurst in race one. From there, they were on the back foot a little bit, and that sort of set them back just a fraction. Had they have completed yeah, they bounced and, and back done... really well, though. I think that was part oh, of their fourteen yeah, top tens. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, SCT Logistics. Jack Smith drives the number four Commodore. Uh, the target here is just improvement. I think needs to needs to show some signs of improvement from where he was at relative to the field last year. More of those. Oh, look, Jack Smith in the top fifteen kind of performances. Yeah, uh, he's got two arms, two legs. There's no reason why he can't if they've given him the right equipment. I mean, you look at Simmons' plans last year, he, he jagged some good results. So, you know, he can do it if he wants to do it, I guess. When you've got a couple of years under your belt in this category, you've got to start getting better. Yep. That's where he's at. Uh, Tickford Racing has James Courtney in the number five Mustang. Last roll of the dice for JC, the 2010 champ. I think this is probably the season. Uh, if he continues to score podium finishes, potentially a race win, then he continues on. But uh, if he's at the back of that Tickford queue of the four cars there, I wonder how long his career lasts for. So we haven't seen this car presented, have we? Uh, no news of a sponsor yet. No, no news no. of a sponsor. I mean, he's always been on the Boost Mobile honeypot, but that's gone to two cars at Erebus by the looks of things so they here to be scrambling to find a sponsor i mean money talks in this game doesn't it you know if it turns out to be a big tickford sponsored car uh, that's probably a mark against his name and he'll have to do whatever he can to try and find some coin to make that all stack up for him cam waters is the number one driver in the monster energy racing tickford mustang with the number six plate on it should be a championship contender question is will they that is the number one question that perennially frustrates us every year Will Tickford Racing be consistent enough to do it? And in the first half of last season, they were really impressive. Second at Bathurst, Sandown was strong. 
a string of top six results from there through the bend, a win at the bend and second at Hidden Valley, strong at Townsville two, salvaged some decent results from Townsville one, despite being slightly off the pace. But the Sydney Motorsport Park swing was disastrous for that team. And they went from being a contender to absolutely nowhere. And it cost them a solid result in the championship. Recovered some of that with a really strong run at Bathurst. So the consistency thing for mine at Tickford is the difference between Cam Waters being a champion and not being a champion this year. Yep. Consistency, consistency, consistency. You know, last year when we had those double headers, they'd turn up the first week and be nowhere. And then by the end of the second week, they'd be mm. out there winning races. What What do you do? What can you read into it? So it's impossible. But uh, yeah. he's got some consistency there. So, you know, let's see how he goes. Andre Heimgartner's made the move to Brad Jones Racing and the number eight Commodore. We all think the 26-year-old Auckland is a good race car driver, right? I think we all agree that. He's won a supercar race in the rain, which is impressive. So, And he's been on the podium before. So I think this is going to be a really interesting season in a change of environment. Back at BJR, he's been there before, knows the team. Um, That drive at Surface Paradise back in 2017 was super impressive. This will be a season where Andre can remind people of how good he is being in machinery that should be somewhere in the top 10. But when you drag it onto the podium, people go, gee, that's a good drive. That's a really good drive by him. What what an impressive performance. I think that's the kind of season we're looking for from Andre. Top 10s, occasional podium, Jagger Perkett style win if we can. We think he's got the calibre to do that. The job's up to Brad with a, a big refresh of his team to continue that form on. Yeah, he's, he's gone from being a, a sort of equal number one at Kelly Grove to being the number one over there at Brad Jones Racing, the head of the four-car team. So it'll be interesting to see with, with all that firepower behind him how he goes. The first of the Erebus at Commodores, um, Boost Mobile Racing, of course, is Will Brown with the number nine. Eighth in the championship last year. I would suggest that you would want in your second year backing up from where you were last year to finish eighth or better in the championship for Will Brown. Uh, will he be a, a regular contender for race wins? I still don't think Erebus is quite there yet, but certainly top fives on their day. And on their day, they're the kind of team that will convert based on the second half of last season. They will convert what could be third into a second or a first. And you go through their swing at Sydney Motorsport Park like they went fifth, eleventh, second, eleventh, six, six, three, eight, one, seven. So, pretty decent string of high top ten results. And I, I would expect more of the same this season and see we'll build into being a, a legitimate contender for the the new regs in twenty three. You know, we didn't know what to expect from these guys last year. They were both rookie drivers, and Will went out there and binned it and practice at Bathurst, and you know that might have put the advantage over in Brody's corner for the first bit of the year, but certainly came home strong. And if they clean up their pit stops, which they say that they've been working on, you think of those pit stops at Sydney Motorsport Park that cost them definite results there. If they mm. sort that out, they'll be on the money. Top five, I reckon, for Will Brown, the championship this year. I think, Ooh, uh, yeah, cool. I reckon they can do it. Uh, back in the business, we spoke to him just before. Penrite Racing's Lee Holdsworth has the number 10 Mustang. Yeah, do you know, I, I don't think Lee Holdsworth's legacy at Grove Racing, at Penrite Racing, will be seen this year. But I think the work that he puts in this year and his experience that he brings to that team will pay off long-term in developing them as a, a crack outfit and being a contender that that we know that they've got the backing to do. And we've seen that they're getting the brain power to do with your Dave Couches and your Stephen Robinson heading up their Gen 3 program. 
the the work from someone as the experience of Lee behind the scenes to develop the car, to get the processes right from a driving point of view, it might not pay off for Lee this year. We hope it does because he's a lovely bloke and a very good racing car driver. But it's the kind of stuff that will be put in place for long-term success for that team. So, but for Lee Holdsworth, You're cool. uh, hard to pick results, but I, I think a string of top 10 results over the course of the season and could be one of those drivers that converts it to a podium on his day potentially and could could be quite good at long distance end of the season as well. How much rain are we going to have this year? What's the long we, race we forecast? Him, we, we asked him about him. that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he said he doesn't necessarily want to have a good car in the wet, but if he does, then he'll definitely take it. It's a strange situation, isn't it? When you've got Matt Payne there waiting in the wings, the chosen one who's going to take your seat, and it's all about Matt Payne. Uh, you know, Andre left the team in fairly interesting circumstances, and I don't know mm. if that's all been totally thoroughly explained what went on there for that to suddenly switch off. So it'll be interesting to see how all of that gels together. They're, you know, they've got the people there to get the job done and Dave Reynolds is good and it's a good facility. So look, who knows? They're, pot, they're, they're a chance, aren't they? Yeah, they certainly are. Uh, the number 11 Mustang, the Shell V-Power Racing car, will be driven by Anton Di Pasquale. Got the second half of the season right last year. Lots of wins in Impressively strong at Sydney Motorsport Park, so potential to start the championship very well if they can pick up where they left off. But it was very hit or miss for DJR at the start of last season in particular. So Anton had uh, four DNFs in the first 10 races, and that kills you. You're never going to win a championship this competitive like that. So if they can get rid of that element of it, and in the second year of this reboot for this new Dick Johnson racing that we've seen emerge in 2021, then... There's no reason why Anton shouldn't be a championship contender this year. Yes, correct. Yep. 100%. Like, he just nailed it. Like, he put in some Scotty-like performances in qualifying there, which was huge to see. And if he can carry that over, there's no reason why he can't be up there in the top one or two. Anything outside the top three in the championship at the end of the year for Anton will be a very disappointing year, no doubt. I expect him to go quite well. Uh, Bryce Ford's also made the move to Brad Jones Racing. He's in the number 14 Commodore. Yeah, probably minimal expectations on this, but I think what Bryce needs to do is find some of the impressive rookie form that he had in 2020 that went missing last year. And we, we never really found out if that was a, a a sophomore slump from a driver or whether it was WAU not having their ducks in the row for their second car and whether that changes with Nick this year. But what we want to see is some of those little gems of drives that Bryce produced at Sydney Motorsport Park in 2020, Townsville in 2020 popped up in the top 10, got a podium at the Bend in 2020. They're the kind of little starring cameos you want to see from Bryce again in a BJR car, which should be strong. So BJR, I remember last year with Hazelwood and Percat would pop up inside the top 10 quite regularly. That's what we need from Bryce Forward this year. And that if, if he pulls that out a couple of times this season, it doesn't really matter where he finishes in the championship. If he can pull those out and remind people of his talent that saw him win Super 2, that'll be a good season for Bryce Forward. Yeah, I like Bryce. I, I think he's a, a good Great little character. peddler. Great character. And I don't rate lightning on race cars, though. I don't like the lightning, but i I got to tell you, I don't mind the pink. It's very... The lightning, it's like, it's the like lightning they had, I don't like, but... They had a design competition and they couldn't split it, so they gave one person the front half and another person the back half. Yeah, well, it's the worst part the of only, his year. It's not a bad The thing. only car that should have lightning is Lightning McQueen. Fair. Okay. <laughs> the only car. Written and authorised, Tisha Becky. Uh, 
Earlier on, we heard from this gentleman, Will Davison, who has another year in supercars in the Shell V-Power Racing number 17 Mustang. Yeah, I found it really hard to sort of peg where Will's at, but you'd like to believe one, God, I just hope he wins a race early in the season. (laughs) It's been 2016, October, Bathurst 1000, his last win in the sport. So many podiums last year and so many near misses. I just want him to win some races. That'd be great. But if he wins races, he's going to be a title contender because he's got the machinery to do it. The the biggest challenge for Will Davison will be beating Anton Di Pasquale. I reckon that's where he sits right yeah. now. Beat your teammate first. If you beat Anton, you're going to be in the mix somewhere when we get to the final round at the end of the year, wherever that may be. He was so consistent last year, wasn't he? He was mm. always towards the top of the points chart without winning races. He was just keep getting points, getting points. When Anton was getting non-finishers, he'd be finishing third or fourth. So he's capable. I think the battle's going to be in his head if Anton turns up and starts doing Anton things like he did at Sydney Motorsport Park last year. Will's got to overcome that. He's got a good car. He's got a good team around him. He can do it. He's a good driver. So that'll be one to watch. Will we see the form that won this man a championship a few years back? Mark Winterbottom in the number 18 Irwin Racing Commodore. No, I I find it hard to believe that you will. Um, And just trying to find areas where Team 18 can improve. It was sort of a frustrating little program for them. Frosty started the season really, really well string of strong top 10 results, but they sort of faded in the second half of the season, didn't they? So they need to understand what made them so good at the start of the year and, and regular top top five, back of top five, top 10 contenders um, that disappeared. Basically, it was when they got to Townsville after that, it was pretty slim pickings, only a couple of top 10s the back half of the season, even in the mixed tyre races at Sydney and things like that. So... Yeah, it needs to be a consolidation year, but I feel like Frosty is probably in the James Courtney boat in that the time's probably due for him to start delivering some more big results uh, or there may be some young drivers putting serious pressure on to slide into that seat. It's weird, isn't it, that team? They always seem to drag one car that's going well and one that's not going well, and it's always sort of swings and roundabouts. At one stage, it's... When the bottom, another stage, it's pie. It's the triplet cars, what spec they are compared to the triplet cars, you know, we don't know. But, uh, you know, they. we remember a couple of years ago at Simmons Plains, he was up there fighting for it. So, you know, time's ticking. It'll be interesting to see how he goes. Our next driver is also a tool-sponsored driver. A tool-sponsored driver. <laughs> no, Let me finish. Jeez. Uh, Scotty Pye, sponsored by DeWalt in the well, Seiko Mario. No, well, Seiko 5 Racing this year. He still has the DeWalt does he? sponsorship, though, does he? No, no, so. the DeWalt's gone. Gone totally. So that's probably a question mark for Team 18, I would have thought. He's, uh, he's making sure that car's got backing for the, the full half of the year because the sponsors that are on that car for round one are ones that have been with Team 18 for a long time. So clearly there's been an arm reached out and go, hey, we need some backing for this round. So commercially, that... that team will need to be supported and yeah it's scott pie i thought scott did a pretty good job last year 11th in the championship again solid top 10 results but they were probably a bit frustrated that that they didn't convert that to anything better and and a podium went begging they didn't get the thing in the top three at any point in the season but had a really strong run at city motorsport park so but where scotty's start of the season wasn't very strong his finish was so it had the opposite effect of mark winterbottom 
Correct. I, I, I find it, they're probably the two hardest cars in the field to peg for mine this year. Seriously. I, I struggle to work out where those two are going to land. And yeah. Scotty, I do apologize for the uh, extended pause. That was just for comedy reasons only. Uh, Chris Pitter drives the Coca-Cola Racing 22 Commodore. Look, this is a, a team that just needs to exist and become a race team. Completely unproven, basically starting from scratch from what they were as Team Sydney. But that the only thing Team Sydney about this team are the cars, which have all been given a big triple eight birthday, uh, and the two licenses, which are now owned by by uh, Zibaris, the new team owner. Um, Chris Pith has shown flashes in the past of ability and what he's capable of. Pole position in supercars is no easy thing to do, and he did that for Super Black Racing a couple of years ago, the Kiwi team. Um, but I, I think just consistency for this team. Make sure they're not far off the back of the field. If, if we look back in 12 months and go, do you know what? They were competitive throughout the season. And by competitive, I mean within that fight in the back half of the field. I think that's a massive pass mark for this team. You know, starting with a clean sheet of paper is not necessarily a bad thing. The most recent example of that was the Blanchard Racing team last year. And what was interesting with them is that they didn't necessarily go out and hire people with lots of experience. They just hired people with the right attitude and the yep. the will to be involved and be out there and, and be in the team. And I think they've gone the same way here with this premier hire racing team which is good, and if they're willing to dolly up for all the good bits from Triple Eight, then they'll have a good car. You know, it's a bit of a, a lame duck season for them too because, you know, they're obviously here to race and here to succeed, but they've taken on two pay drivers for this season with these old cars that are only going to be out there for these 13 rounds, and then next year we start afresh. You know, they'd be wanting to put on a good show so they can sell themselves to bigger and better, more credentialed drivers out there if that's their plan down the track to hire some gun drivers to make it really work for them. Mobile One Optus Racing has Chaz Mostert driving the 25 Commodore. It does, Shebex. Has to be a contender. Yeah. Has to be a contender. Third in the championship last year. Bathurst win, we know. The the thing about this team last year, aside from the two race wins, was the swing of podiums. Townsville was good. They were in the mix in Sydney. Most of the events, a couple of quiet races, but pr pretty solid the whole way through. Chaz is clearly driving as well as he ever has, and his versatility last year was outstanding. He won TCR as well, so no problems from the steering wheel department side of things. From an engineering standpoint, Adam DeBore, so there's consistency there. This is They're as close to being a contender as WRU has had for some time, and the only way for that team to continue to improve is to finish second or first in the championship. You know, that first year there, it was the laying the foundations. Last year was improvement, and it was improvement in every sense, wasn't it? He was consistent, a lot more picking up wins throughout and a lot more podiums. All the perfect stats were there. So, you know, do they keep that momentum going? Obviously, coming off Bathurst, great uh, boost for those guys. Yeah, why, why can't he go out there and do it? He's, if, he's been an A-grade driver for a very long time now. He can do it. If Chaz can't catch Shane, then no one will. That's why I see it. Fair. Yeah, and, yeah. and we'll come we'll come to Triple Eight because there could be some things that bring them back to the pack. Oh, this without year, a doubt, we're talking for about. sure. Uh, Dave Reynolds, Penrite Racing, number twenty six Mustang. Yeah, this is another hard hard one, and it's probably a pretty key season for Dave. We, and and it's hard to get a read because we don't know what the team's going to do either. We we don't know what level this team will be at. It's it's yeah. another reboot basically. 
and and you feel for everyone at Kelly Grove Racing because in four years they've gone from being the works Nissan outfit to a privateer team and then they were Kelly Racing, then they were Kelly Grove Racing and now they're Grove Racing or Penrite Racing with the sponsorship. Clearly commercially they've they've done some good deals to get the two cars the same, which is great. Good to see our mates at Ned Whiskey on board. We need to see the Dave that was third at Sandown last year, don't we? We need to see the the canny racer, the guy that three or four seasons ago was a regular contender for Erebus. That's that's the kind of performances we need. When Erebus weren't a team that you would expect to be on the podium every week, Reynolds dragged them up there. We need to see that Dave again for mine this year for it to be a success. But there's so many variables, it's hard to get a read on. So I'm, I'm a bit on the fence here. Yeah, we need to see the Dave that turns up to all the race meetings and isn't sent home from Sydney Motorsport Park. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard to be consistent when you're sitting on the sidelines, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, he was an A-grade driver not long ago, was he? He won Bathurst. You know, he's crazy Dave and, you know, he'll have to build that team around him. Yeah, no doubt about that. Truckstess Racing has Jack LeBrock in the 34 Commodore. Well, I think, Shebex, I'm going to cover these two together. And Todd Hazelwood? Yeah, with yep. season 35, so it makes sense. Um, I, we, we've spoken about this team, and, and I've, I've got... I've got more, I think they've got more potential in them than any other team at the other end of the field this year. With what they're building, I think they've got two very capable drivers. They've got two drivers who are at a point in their career where they know they need to produce results. They've been in it long enough now that they're experienced and they've got seat time. So there's no excuses with that. You've got a, a team that's investing quite heavily in their technical side They've got two good cars. They've got good backing across both cars now with truck assist on board. Um, This is a team that should move up the grid this year and two drivers that have the capability to do that. So we saw Zane Goddard in Matt Stone cars last year on occasion, popping up in top 10 shootouts and things like that. I think making that a regular thing will be key to the success of this team. And if you see JLB and Todd wear, Todd and Percat wear on occasion for BJR last season, which was sort of that sixth to 10th window, I would not be surprised at all. I think the potential's yeah. there for them to do that. And I mean, Goddard didn't necessarily have the pedigree that Todd or Jack have had. You know, Todd and Jack have won a lot of races on their way mm-hmm. up to supercars. And, you know, Jack topped that rookie year in 2018 and Todd's been a Super 2 champion. Like, they know how to drive these cars fast. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that all works together. You know, I, I still think that's, they've got the two best mums in pit lane there. I'm oh, going to stand yeah, by they, that. They win on that. They win that's on that. That's awesome. Yeah. The, the, the thing with these two drivers, just to finish off, is that they're two drivers that we've always said, I wonder how they go if they were in gun machinery. Yep. Like what, what would JLB do in a triple eight car or Todd Hazelwood in a Tickford car? They're not there yet, but certainly that team is going in the right direction to give them the right machinery to do the job and show what they're capable of. Is it Todd and Jack or Jack and Todd? Well, technically it's Jack and Todd because Jack Jack's Todd the lower it? number, isn't he? So That's 34 what? and 35. Anyway, clarification semantics. Hmm. 55 Ford Mustang for Castrol Racing. Thomas Randall in his debut year. Well, we all love Thomas. There's no one in the paddock, I don't think, that doesn't like Tom Randall. So let's get that out of the way first. He's going to be a fan favourite in the sport, which is great. Uh, Showed enough in Super 2 to know that he can drive these cars. Showed enough that he's got the diversity to be able to jump between a whole bunch of different racing cars and be competitive in them. Uh, The grind of a full rookie season will be interesting to see how that plays out. And there's going to be highs and lows. There always is. 
and has to deal with a team that on occasion struggled to get all four of their cars competitive at the same event. Mm. And that's probably the big storyline at Tickford is they've got to maximize all four cars and do what the other big multi-car teams do or try to do and get them all competitive. So will that affect his rookie season? But I think we're all going to enjoy the journey with, with Tom. I don't think there's an enormous pressure for results. Um, at least from where I'm sitting, he will be completely driven to get them for sure. But you know, he's in a car that should be top 10 and I think he's capable of doing that job. So there'll be plenty of those this season. I think. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You, you look at his wild cards over the years and he's always sort of punched above where he should have been. So, you know, if, if they give him the cars, he's, I think he's probably capable of doing it, but you look at Bathurst last year and two of the biggest driving mistakes all day were Tom Randall and yeah. Brock Fanny. So you know, you're only as good as your last race and you know, he's looking to improve this weekend. Next Ford Mustang to look at is the number 56 Ford Mustang, Trody Racing's Jake Kostecki. Number full 1990s on the livery as opposed to Bryce Forward. So they've gone two colours, simple stripe, big logo. Rate that. Very good. Jake is an interesting one. And there were brief occasions last season where we thought, oh, there's a the bit there, isn't there? We can drive a little bit, this kid. Um, you know, he was top five. Where was he? Top five in Darwin, I think it was. Mm. He had a, a really strong run there. A couple of decent qualifying performances. He just popped up. But I think on balance was probably beaten by Goddard throughout on the balance of the season. So, yeah, this will be an interesting one for, for Jake just to establish himself as a driver that, that can get those results and, and run towards the front of a hugely competitive field. That That's basically where he's at. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, he didn't necessarily have huge results coming off Super 2 and his first two years, the first year was that Super Lights effort, which was half a season and mm-hmm. then a full rookie season last year at Matt Stone. So going to Tickford, going to be interesting. They're cars that can produce good results and if he's got the team around him and he pulls his finger out, he could probably jake some decent results. He just wants to be the better of the Kostekis, doesn't he? Isn't that what you... What those guys are aiming for? That's Who's tough, the better one? A tough ask. Christmas yeah. dinner talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary Jacobson in the 76 Holden Commodore for Subway Racing. Yeah, look, it's much the same as Pither, isn't it? And, and Gary you know, it really struggled last season, I, I think, and he'd be the first to admit that in... But, but uh, he beat Fabs. Yeah, well, yeah, well, true. And you beat Fabian Coulthard's a race-winning supercar driver. So it just shows you how hard it is to, to peg some of these guys sometimes. But, um, yeah, look, new team. Just just has to circulate, get some results, pick up some good results if they, they're on the offing, if, if circumstances prevail and, and chip away to work into that midfield. I think that's probably where the expectation's at. But pretty close on livery of the year for mine. That subway car looks bloody good. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll, I'll rate I, Kevin Harv, Harvick's I, subway yeah, from NASCAR. I like the clean white. Big fan. Well, yellow and white doesn't do it for yeah, me. This isn't a NASCAR this, field, though. It's supercars. So. Yeah, no, what this livery power rankings we're gluing together in the background, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be a bit of fighting, I believe. I think we might have to file our own individual ones, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he won the Super 2 championship. Can and, clearly drive. Correct. And remember when he made his debut with Jason Bright at Bathurst in the... What, what was that? Fuel? Mega, was Mega, Mega Fuels. Yeah. Mega Fuels. Remember them before they went broke? Um it was a really good drive in the wet. Like he really mm. put a good performance on there. So, and since then he's been in the fourth Kelly car and uh, team Sydney machine. So how can you tell how good he is? Cause he's never really had a fair shot. So if they provide him with 
full triple eight kit and all the data and some decent backup, uh, he could do a decent job. I, I think Tim Newton's his engineer who's been there in that sort of team and worked with that car for some time now. And if they've given him all the good go fast bits, Tim could make it go fast. All eyes are going to be on this kid and how he goes in 2022. Red Bull Ampol Racing's number 88 driver, Brock Feeney. Yeah, it's expectation management, isn't it? Like he's jumping into the most successful car in supercars history. So it's a massive weight on his shoulders. So managing those expectations and telling the world that he's not going to come out and smoke everybody from the outset and, and dominate like Jamie Winkup did, I think is going to be important. But then if he does, it's an even better story. He won't. But yeah, how his rookie season plays out in the the massive spotlight that he's in. And the, when was the last time a rookie came into this much pressure situation in that team with your teammate being the best driver on the grid right now? And I don't think anyone will argue that with SVG. Yeah. So it's just about expectation management. Uh, it, it's about getting within half a percent of SVG on car speed. And if you do that, you will 100% be in the mix. But it's going to be a massive ask for him to do that. You, you look at some of these other rated young guns that come into the class and still takes them four or five years to really find their feet and get used to it all. And the problem I've got with Paul Brock is that he's been a victim of these last couple of years more mm -hmm. than anyone because he's lost so much racing. And if there's any typical two years leading into this, he would have had so many more races under his belt just to feel things out in Super 2 and whatnot. But um, that's going to be a challenge. The expectation, you know, he'll have a good team around him, but there's a lot of engineering changes there as well, which is going to be interesting to see how all that plays out and the management and the behind-the-scenes things there, you know. They lost Ludo and everyone thought that the world was going to crash, but these teams are bigger than one person. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know what to – how can you rate it? You just don't know. Yeah, it is well, going to be interesting. You can only rate it on the basis of the fact he's in a triple eight car. So the expectation is that you're going to be top 10 at all, at the very least. Because if you're not, you, you probably shouldn't be in that car. But he's got 30 supercar races in his entire life. And the problem they, is they, they always pick on the young drivers. If you're the young buck out there, you're going to get targeted. You know, they, they're going to want to put him in his place. Just leave him alone and let him drive, media. Leave him alone and let him drive. Let's see what he can do. Macaulay Wait, Jones. Sorry, Shebex. Just to finish on that, I reckon he's going to finish. I reckon he'll – I don't think he'll win a race this year. I'm going to put this on the record right now. I don't reckon he'll win a race, but I reckon he'll be top eight in the yeah. championship. That's reasonable. Mm. Yeah. But if he finishes 16th at the end of the weekend at SMP, we don't want the media coming out saying, oh, gee, was this is... No, exactly right. Correct. And that's where the team that's where the team expectation management has to yeah. come into it from Correct. AAA. Exactly. Sure. Macaulay Jones in the 96 Commodore for Brad Jones Racing. Well, he's got to not run over all the black cats and drive under open umbrellas and inside stuff, yeah. and ladders. Yeah. Um, and just be consistent. He's another one of those drivers that every now and then pops up and will qualify the thing in the 10 or he'll pop in a practice session and be 10th. He's just got to find an ability to convert an occasional top five and a regular 20th into 15th. So if he comes out of the year in 15th position, that's a massive win as far as I'm concerned. Yes, it would be. Um, 
is it going to be Townsville? He always went well in Townsville, and Brad Jones mm-hmm. Racing seems to go well in Townsville. But h- how many seasons does he get? You know, Andrew Jones got two. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I just think he's got to stop putting Brad under pressure. Poor Brad just gets handed <laughs> down in the well, pits every time something happens to him. To McCoy. be fair, Brad brings it on himself by giving him a drive. So, you know, <laughs> there's got to be a bit of expectation from his end as well. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're back-to-back champion, Shane Van Gisberg. Oh, All right, Racing. Calling it now. In the 97 Commodore. Uh, calling it by a mile. Mm-hmm. Well, how injured is he? Surely he'd need to break a few bones before he starts the season. Well, Wouldn't matter. That, that Wouldn't was matter. the key, wasn't it? Break yeah. a bone and go and win the title. Yeah, I mean, he's favourite, definitely. But we touched on this earlier. What changes will it have on Triple Eight? Will the the effect of the changes have on Triple Eight? Will not having a gun teammate in Jamie Winkup slow down Car 97? Or a did gun they go wingman. Off? Yeah, a gun wingman. Did they go off on their own tangent and do their own thing in that car? So I think that's going to be the really interesting thing mm. for mine is how having a massively inexperienced teammate and at least for the first half of the season, it's a one-car team with a kid getting up to speed in the other car. That's going to be the big challenge for Triple Eight. And that may be, maybe the difference between them going out and winning every race like Shane did at the start of last year or just being back in that mix with your Antons and your Chaz and your Waters. That, that's the only question mark I've got. But outside of that, there is no reason to expect that we won't be celebrating Shane winning another title at the end of this year. One thing that might work back into the Triple Eight favour might be the fact that the Roger Penske X-Factor professionalism, whatever it is that Penske brought to the Shell V-Power team, it's another year removed from that, isn't it? A couple of million bucks as well. All, that sort of, all those little factors, mm. it's probably not going to... Have they peaked? A shell going to turn up and be as good as they were last year? Mm. Well, in theory, they should be better because they were worse last they should year be than they were the week year before. So yeah. you'd, you'd like to believe that that team would improve. But yeah, yep. Let's finish off with the 99 Holden Commodore for Boost Mobile Racing, Brody Kostecki. Much the same as Will Brown, I think, and just continuing to convert those good performances into good results. So third at race 20 in Sydney and that podium at Bathurst is two years in a row that he's had big drives in the Bathurst 1000. So yeah, huge could, could be a, could be a contender for podiums much like his teammate. And that battle internally at Erebus is going to be really interesting. How, how often do they drive themselves both to the front or do they get to the point where Barry Ryan's got some stress because they're crashing into each other? I don't know. It was all pretty harmonious last year, which was nice. But does it last if they're both right at the very front of the field? That'll be really, really interesting to see. But clearly has the ability to do the job and was one of the great stories of last season, I think, starting from the drive at Sandown. And, I mean, whatever rookie things need to be ironed out, there's no excuses there anymore. They're Mm -hmm. turning up to all these tracks with experienceable. Actually, a few of the tracks probably for the first time, like going over to Perth and and whatnot that haven't been on the calendar lately. That's going to be different, isn't it? Getting a full season in. That'll be fun. Don't what a go concept. early. Let's just not count our chickens before they hatch, shall we? <laughs> oh, uh, my only question about Erebus this year is will we see Betty in a race? Has she had anything jabbed into her yet? Or? Well, it was, yeah, we don't really want to get into that, but do we? But, um, yeah, well, I don't know. It, it strikes me as being odd, disappointing that you own a supercar team and don't go to the car races. But, anyway, that's just me. If I was spending that much money, I'd want to be there live. But, anyway. Yeah. I'm weird like that. 
you yes exactly uh hey boys comprehensive coverage i think so what did we learn absolutely nothing but i hope you enjoyed it we learned that we can talk good crap for 45 minutes it was well done thank you richard no, thank you. I look forward Enjoy to Enjoy your getting, weekend of the races this yeah, weekend. Yeah, I'm looking forward, to, <laughs> looking forward, I think, to going to City Motorsport Park. I don't think I'd say <laughs> that too often. Same, but anyway. I left it the same way it was two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah no doubt. No doubt. Uh, tune in to ABC Grandstand if you're in Australia over the weekend. There'll be some updates on there. Uh, Touring Car Masters on Fox and KO as well. Looking forward to uh, that seven. race. Are you on seven? No, TCM on seven. Oh, Everything else is on seven. And uh, we, we look forward to catching up with you next week as well, folks, when we can announce that uh, hopefully on the grid and the race talk uh, award-winning programs for 2021. Well, I think well, you, we can say the that mock on that, haven't you? We, yeah, you have. You completely and utterly ruined our chances. Uh, but we've been nominated, which is nice. We're in the we game. Have. Is it self-nominated? Supercar Media Awards. Yeah, it is. Awards, so that's, it that's is self-nominated. Well, so we, we, I don't spoil the narrative, Mark, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Catch you next week, folks, right See here you, boys. on the grid.